Welcome to Pure Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 123. 123. Hey. I just thought of that. That's kind of cool, right? I guess so. I mean, you're the one that has something for every episode. I, no, I haven't. And I'm I finally mean, getting into it. And now you're like, yeah, whatever. But think about it. 123 episodes for me to come up with something funny like that, that'd be kind of rough. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm not a comedian. That's true. I, I do put my foot in my mouth a lot, but I'm yeah. not a comedian. I mean, people <laughs> laugh at you, but, you know. That's true, true. Uh. So. All right. Hey, we have another... What do we call? We call these hustle sessions, but yeah. but I I don't know if we've actually even mentioned that. So yeah, so we got another interview. So <laughs> that's super go. exciting. Right. So uh, and this one's a little bit different because we've had a lot of resellers on who kind of talk specific niches and and what it is they're doing reselling, uh, and then we've had tax expert, which was really awesome. And today we've got something even more different than people might be used to. We are doing a insurance expert, which is really cool. So, hey, Ashlyn, why don't you let us know real quick, Ashley Haddon Insurance, and spell your last name so we get we get it right on the podcast. Haddon, H-A-D-D-E-N. Okay, good. I had Perfect. it spelled correctly. I just want to make sure. All right, tell us a little <laughs> bit, Ashlyn, who you are, what you do, and, and why e-commerce? Sure. So, this is an amazing topic, and I promise you guys that I won't bore you completely to death, maybe a little bit more funny than um, your tax expert. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, as the guy said, my name is Ashlyn Haddon. I'm the owner of Ashlyn Haddon Insurance. Um, I got into e-commerce kind of on a whim. One of my clients came to me and said, Hey, Amazon's changing these rules and I need this insurance. Can you help me? And I was like, Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Insurance companies don't like you guys. Mm. I'm really not interested. And he kept coming back to me and coming back to me and coming back to me. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll see what I can do. So months later, I found a carrier who would do it. And he um, said, hey, I run this um, Facebook group. Can I tell you know these 13,000 people that I'm in this Facebook group about you? And I was like, 13,000 people? <laughs> um, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I kind of fell into it. Um, went to the first couple of conferences, asked, was asked to speak at the conferences, and really just fell in love with the community surrounding the third-party sellers. I've never in my life experienced the camaraderie and um, just how much you guys really love to help support each other and try to help each other grow. I mean, like this podcast alone, you know, trying to help your community learn and grow. It just, I fell in love, absolutely fell in love. So I kind of threw the rest of my business out the window and focused on e-commerce sellers for about three years. And now I'm kind of getting that back in and focusing a little bit more on the auto and home and life insurance to round out my e-commerce sellers. So that's kind of why e-com, um, it's your fault. <laughs> you guys are too amazing. So hey, I like that. We're too awesome, right? We're bringing people into the awesome. fold. I, I guess so. I guess so. I never thought of it that way, but Hey, so, um, so you, did insurance for a while before this then like you yes. said yeah i did more like auto home and life insurance um and then like normal mom and pop business insurance um before i got into this crazy e-com world nice all right hey okay i know we're recording right now so you can take a, do you hear that sound we're fine okay we're fine okay now you have to edit this i'm sorry <laughs> All right. Hey, so, so Ashlyn, I had a question though. So you, I want to preface before with our listeners about, you mentioned Amazon third party, but e-commerce insurance can apply to eBay, Poshmark, Absolutely. Mercari, all the other platforms. Yeah. So e-commerce, uh, e-commerce um, insurance policy is going to cover your business. So if you're selling on Amazon, eBay, Wayfair, Jet, if you're doing um, home shows, you're selling on the streets, um, any of those types of places and platforms, it's all covered by one policy. Well, so you said you selling on the streets. Every platform. You said selling on the streets, like yeah, I mean, like, like um, <laughs> the little fairs. Oh, okay, okay, all right. I just yeah, we just talked about like swap meets a couple episodes. All right, all right, all right. So swap meets, flea market. Okay, I just want to be clear. You know, so swap meets, flea markets. There you go. Yeah, flea market. That's the what I was looking for. Flea okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I think out here we call it swap. Right. Yeah, swap meets. Yeah. Okay. Now, how about, okay, I'm going to even throw it out there. How about local stuff yeah. and like Craigslist, OfferUp, LetGo? Does that fall into that category too? Absolutely. So as long as everything funnels through the same LLC and the same corporation or however you're set up, then it's still just one policy. 
Okay. All right. Well, that is, that's comforting to know because the reason I ask is on Craigslist back in the day, you could sell something and no one can ever find you. Mm. But now with like offer up. And so I'm not saying that I was trying to do anything shady. I know that sounded really bad, but <laughs> on offer up and let go, like you could, you have to, you could like upload a picture, mm. like you can verify who you are and there's all this stuff tied to you. So if something happens, someone can always come back and find you. Right. right. So that's why I asked that question. Okay. Interesting. All right, so Ashlyn, let me know. I, this is something I've been always wondering. I asked the same thing to the tax uh, person, Mark Toe, that we had on here. So what is, what is the difference? Is there a difference about getting insurance with for e-commerce and brick and mortar? Yes. So a lot of my clients come back and say, well, Amazon's going to protect me or I don't need insurance. And my question is always, if you had a brick and mortar store, would you even not consider having insurance? And what people think is because they sit behind this computer right here that they think they're invincible, um, that people can't find them or they don't know. Um, and what people don't understand is the consumer thinks that they're buying something from Amazon. They don't really realize that it's a third party seller behind the scenes. So when they get hurt on an item, they think they're suing Amazon. Their right. attorney goes and finds everybody else in the process and throws them all into a lawsuit. So Amazon, of course, is going to get listed. You as a third party seller is going to get listed. The manufacturer is going to get listed. Everyone who has ever touched the product is going to be listed. So you need coverage for an online retailer, just like you would if you had a brick and mortar. Okay. Um, statistically speaking, the, the people who are suing um, actually are going after online retailers more than they are the brick and mortar because the brick and mortars they know have darn good insurance. And they think that Amazon has darn good insurance too. So they really just don't know who they're suing and that it's, it's, it's a somebody like you. It's a, it's a stay at home dad who's out already at Target. They don't realize it's really Amazon or that's really you guys instead of Amazon. Yeah. And to be honest, that's one of the things when I very first started reselling, it kind of scared me a little bit because I didn't think about it. I didn't, I didn't think at all that this would be an issue. And I remember it was one of the very first days we went out, um, garage selling, Orlando took me out and we're driving along and we go to, I think it was Toys R Us. They were still closing at that point. Oh, and hey. I mentioned, Oh wow. Yeah. That was back in the day. Back, like when we very first started. <laughs> okay. And I did, I totally forgot about the story. Okay. And I mentioned, and I, and, and I mentioned like babies are us and baby stuff. And he's like, Ooh, I don't do baby stuff. And the reason he said he didn't like to do baby stuff was just the, the peace of mind knowing of like if something happened, like some, you know, he didn't want to be responsible for. And I was like, wait a minute we're responsible if like somebody <laughs> buys our product and then something happens to the pro like how why is it my fault like they and, and so it was kind of a shock for me to even think that and so i'm sure there's plenty of our listeners who either one have never even thought of it didn't even realize that they could potentially be liable for certain things and then two that they can have peace of mind if they are worrying about that so what are some specific things that's like okay um, I mean, obviously everybody probably should have insurance or there isn't anybody who shouldn't, but like, what are the things that are like the most concerning? Yeah. So the first one that you just brought up is baby. Um, for example, I had a client who sent me, she did, um, like those baby Bjorns, the one that I just posted mm -hmm. on Facebook that are getting recalled. They're like a, a fabric that you wrap around your body and you stick a baby in it. And she came to me. She's like, why is this premium so expensive? It's just a yard of fabric. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, Jessica, what you don't understand is that yard of fabric is responsible for holding an 8, 10, 12 pound child five, six feet off the ground. Yeah, it's a yard of fabric, but you, that baby could fall through and you are completely responsible yeah. for that child's potential death. Oh. So baby products are absolutely you have to have insurance if you're selling anything baby. So anything that goes on the body, in the body, for a pet or for a child. For some reason, people like their pets and they like their kids. So they sue over those a lot. And then anything that goes on the body or in the body are two of the, the other high-risk things. So those four items, you're selling anything in that niche, you better have an insurance policy. So is it like any insurance, it's a higher premium if you sell those items? If you're RA, OA, and wholesale, typically it's about the same um, price, maybe a smidge bit more. Okay. But if you're private label, absolutely anything on the body, in the body for a pet or child is automatically high risk. Okay. So explain that to us because to us, I've heard you on other interviews talk about, 
you know, when people sue, right, they, they sue, they'll sue Amazon and, or eBay or whoever, and then they'll sue the company that you got the <laughs> item from, but then they sue you, right? Is that how right. it's like, is that trifecta or is there more to it? Yeah. So strict liability me- means that they're going to s- potentially pull everyone who's ever touched this product into a lawsuit. So the example I give a lot is a, a claim that we went through um, where the guy bought something on Amazon, super non high risk, but the guy forgot that the box was delivered and goes out in the morning, trips over the box and he sues Amazon, what? he sues UPS and he sues our client. So let's just for sake of argument, say it was a mouse, a mouse. Nobody's going to think that this is high risk, but put this mouse in a box and put this box on the front porch. And I don't see this box on the front porch and I trip over it and I break my hip and I break my clavicle. Now I'm going to sue everyone who has ever touched this. And hopefully somebody has big pockets and settles with me. So luckily my customer had an insurance policy that he paid $600 a year for. Okay. Super cheap. And we defended him in the lawsuit. It cost $32,000 for the carrier to defend him from the lawsuit to say, this is not his responsibility. This is the idiot who <laughs> dropped over the pot, the box's fault. So if he didn't have an insurance policy, he would have had to hire the attorney and defend himself at $32,000 just to get his name dropped from the lawsuit. Wow. That's that, <laughs> okay. All right. That's pretty intense. You know, that's pretty intense. I mean, it is, it is a litigious society. I mean, I'm thinking you're, you're not even talking about a product that the individual sold. You're talking about the box that the UPS guy put on the exactly. ground. Exactly. So my client wasn't responsible for it, but we still had to defend him to get his name dropped. Wow. So that's what, if you're RAOA or wholesale, that's all you, not all you're going to need this policy for, but that's probably what you will use the policy for is to just defend you from silly claims. Oh, man. So that's that's kind of the crazy part. Like, just to think that one, people would say, OK, that's a crazy lawsuit, right? Like, there's no way like I, I wouldn't you I would think naturally I wouldn't be afraid of that. I'd be like, if somebody could sue me for something crazy and they're obviously going to lose, but it's more than just winning and losing because like you said, there's, there's the court case, there's the defending yourself. And even if you're like, you know what, I can do it. Any common sense, you know, person is going to be able to figure this out. I can go through litigation on my own, but the amount of time and energy and paperwork that you would have to deal with would just be overwhelming. So it, it is crazy to think that you for something you wouldn't even be at fault at and you know they're not going to win, but yet you still need to be covered because even though you wouldn't be liable for their injury, you're going to have to deal with the mess of the court. Right. And I get people say all the time, well, I have an LLC, so I'll be fine. And I was like, okay, I I get that. And having an LLC in a corporation is great. I think that's amazing. You're doing the right things there. But try to pick up the phone and call your LLC and say, hey, I just got sued. Can you come to court and defend me? It's not going to happen. There, there's just nothing there. So you have to have somebody who's going to be willing to fight for you. And if you don't have an insurance policy, you're going to have to hire an attorney at $450 an hour oh, to geez. fight for you. Wow. Okay. So, all right. So now before, we, <laughs> I know we hit, we hit, we hit, yeah, well, we hit the podcast pretty hard right after we get that. Like th- these were supposed to build up, but <laughs> we got to start. We just jumped right in. We did. We did. Foot, right. But, but the question that, well, I know that I, I even think myself, whenever I did deal with insurance, you know, it's kind of like the, the last guy at the car dealerships, always the insurance, the warranty guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't need this. No one requires this. But I, my question is, do some of the platforms require it? And I'm not saying requirement is the reason to get it, but I'm just wondering what, what has been your thoughts? Cause I know there was discussion about Amazon at one point yeah. in time, and maybe they do. I don't know about eBay. Maybe I should look into it. I don't know. What, what do you, what do you know? <laughs> yeah. So Amazon does require a million dollar general liability with products completed. So that's going to cover what you do or say as a business and what your business uh, or what your products do to harm someone else. Mm. So it is in the terms of service, when you signed up to sell on their platform as a pro seller, you said that you had it. The problem is they're just not policing it right now. So unless they ask for it, you're not really re- being required to show proof of it. Mm. Um, we've heard rumors that that's changing coming in 2021 with all of these new lawsuits that are being dropped all over everywhere where Amazon is now requiring 
are required to uh, be responsible for the stuff that they put on Amazon's um, pages. eBay does not require it. Um, if you're selling on platforms like Bed Bath & Beyond, um, Target and Wayfair, their um, requirements are far worse than mm. what Amazon's requiring. Really? So it really depends on what platform you're selling. We know the ins and outs of it. We know that if you're selling baby on Wayfair, that you need a $4 million policy. Wow. We know if you're selling um, home goods on Walmart, you need a $2 million policy. So we know the ins and outs of all of these different platforms. So you just have to let us know where you're selling, what you're selling, and we'll we'll build the policy around what you need to be compliant with those policies. All right. That's good. And I can imagine. So a lot of our listeners are probably hearing this. And if they're, if they're, don't have insurance, and maybe they hadn't even thought of the liability that they could have to face with with anything that they ship out. And so now they're hearing, okay, I probably should get insurance. Um, now the next fear is probably, this seems overwhelming. Like, it seems like it's going to be really hard. Like, how do I know? And and you just said that you're, that you know what to give people based off of what they're selling. But like, what yep. is the process of getting insurance? Is it like, yeah. is it like going getting your taxes done where it takes a long time? Is it quick? Yeah. Like, what does it look like? <laughs> Long time. You're not the wrong tax person. Painless as possible. I promise. Um, like I said, this is this is what we focused on for the last four years. So we have thousands and thousands of clients that are selling online. So we know what questions to ask and what we don't need to ask. So we're only asking the questions that are, you know, specific to an online retailer. Um, we have an application now that's streamlined. It's like 20 questions if you're an RA, OA, or a wholesaler. Um, you literally can go online, fill out the application. We do everything via email or text messages. Like you don't even have to pick up the phone and call me. If you don't want to talk to me on the phone, that's fine with that. We can, we can do everything via email and stuff like that. Um, it literally the application takes like six minutes. Mm. Um, if you're, if you're private label, then it's a little bit longer because we need to know where the manufacturing is and where it's coming from. But if you're just reselling other people's products, six minutes, you can pay online, you can pay monthly payments. I promise we, we make it super easy. Um, and then the next question we get a lot with this is, how much does it cost? Mm. Um, it depends. And I know that's a really crappy answer, um, but it really does depend on what you're selling, where you're sourcing from. Um, even down to what state you live in and what your sales are. Those are like the big driving factors. Um, but if you're doing like under 250,000 in sales and you're just RAOA and wholesale, you're looking at like five, $600 a year. Mm. That's how cheap this policy can be. Um, most people end in the six, $700 range, depending again on sales, but it's, it's less than a thousand dollars if you're not doing private label. Um, if you are doing private label, you're, you still could be in the $700 range, but I have clients $700. I have clients $27,000. Right. So it really depends on, again, what you're selling and what those sales are. Yeah. And the more you sell, the higher the, uh, the risk, the higher the premium. Mm. It goes hand in hand. So if you're a newbie, your policy is going to be cheaper than if you're selling a million dollars. And when that makes sense too, on the sense of you don't have, you don't have as much, you know, that needs to be covered. But the other nice thing is, as your business scales and you're making more money, of course, you're going to pay a little bit more in insurance, but you're right. not going to feel it. Percentage-wise, it's probably you know the same or less, actually, because right. you've scaled so much bigger. And it's only one time a year. So they send you an audit at the end of the year. You say your sales, and then we move on to the next year. So it's not like every single month your premium is going to change because mm -hmm. you sold 10000 this month and you sold 50000 next month. Um, so it's that helps a little bit, too, that you're not going to get dinged every every month. So the trick then is to scale really fast in one year. So you're paying. You <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. Smarty pants. Yeah. All right. So you're saying RAOA wholesale. Now let's say we have a strict just eBay, you know, secondary market. Is, is that, that's still the same kind of same thing. Same yep. thing. Okay. All right. Because I, you know, I, it's funny the other day I had a chainsaw uh, that <laughs> That I was trying to figure out what to do with. Uh, We're skipping this. Yeah, I, no, I just <laughs> thought. I don't, no, 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 no. I, 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 I dumped it because I was like, I just this is. I can only imagine that my, my my mind goes worst case scenario because I had that. You'll you'll love this. I had a chainsaw. I had high chairs, and what was it? <laughs> I think the other one was like a 
I think there are some kind of knives. Mm. And uh, I just, I was thinking, okay, if I do this on eBay, they may get back to me. If I do this on Craigslist, I think I'm okay. And after, <laughs> and, and then after a while, Let I was like, <laughs> well, actually, I tried donating them. I went to the store that shall not be named, which is one of the thrift stores that, you know, that's what we call it. But I went there to donate it and they refused to take it from me. I'm like, why? They're like, well, the same reason you're giving it to us. And I'm like, exactly. okay. All right. That makes sense. All right, I totally you remember when the fidget spinners were like huge, huge, mm, huge. Yes. Yep. Everybody. So that was like right when I first started in e-commerce and this guy called me and he's like, Hey, I need to insure this product. I was like, okay, what is it? And he's like, it's a fidget spinner. I was like, yeah, sure. You know, that's a toy. That's metal. Not a problem. Send me a copy of the listing. So he sends me this listing. I swear on my cat's life. <laughs> this fidget spinner had like knives at oh, the geez. end. It wasn't a fidget spinner. It was like a Ninja star, a spinning ninja stuff. star. I was like, there's no way that uh. this new insurance person can go to this underwriter and be like, oh, by the way, could you insure this like Death Star? And I was like, I'm sorry, buddy. I, <laughs> I cannot help you. Hey, don't worry. It's being sold as a toy. You're fine. Like, there's right, not going to be right. anything that can go wrong there. Death Star, fidget spinner. I mean, same category, right? That's funny. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. So, so I, okay. So that number sounds pretty good for people. You know, they're selling a lot. It's like, okay, $600, peace of mind. And, and of course, it depends on, you know, how you've scaled and how big your business is. Now, one thing that I, I, I'm assuming, but I don't know, this is tax deductible insurance, like, or... Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's considered a business expense, just Perfect. like buying software. All right. So I wanted to hear. So you already gave us one scenario about the UPS guy or the guy mm -hmm. that, you know, was <laughs> protected from being sued. Give us a couple other scenarios. I'm, I'm, if you can yeah. share whatever you can share about, you know, where insurance played a role, because, you know, here's the thing with insurance. There's always like, it'll never happen to me. It'll never happen to me. I'm good. And then the moment it does happen, it's kind of like, you know, oh, Ooh, so this can be kind of like that. Those is it the State Farm commercials where it's like we've seen it all. Like, is that oh, no, the, the uh, Indiana Farm. We've seen it all. Yeah, we've seen a few, a few <laughs> things. Well, I, think, right I think you're thinking of Allstate with the menace. <laughs> yeah, I don't no, know. No, no, that's my favorite. That's okay. I want to be like the female version of Mayhem. Nice. Yeah, Mayhem. <laughs> that's what it is. It's so causing, good. Causing trouble, Miss Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll tell you another one that we went through. Um. So this lady was selling a watermelon cutter. It was RA. And when the client bought it, they were cutting the watermelon and the handle broke off and the lady got the tip of her finger caught in it and cut the tip of her finger off. And again, so she sued Amazon. She sued the manufacturer of the watermelon cutter and listed our client. Um, it was approximately the same amount. It was 38 ish thousand dollars to defend her, to get her, um, name dropped from the lawsuit because this lady was saying that she was uh, she did something with her hands I don't remember what it, what she mm. said that she did but she did something with her hands so she was saying that she couldn't work now and all of that kind of stuff so again like $38,000 um, just to defend her to get her name dropped from the lawsuit wow. um, one that we haven't gone through but is like huge 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 in the news right now um, and one of the reasons why Amazon is in the third circuit um, court is this lady who was selling or this company that was selling the retractable dog leashes. Oh yeah. We talked about it on the podcast one? a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Still in so the courts. For your listeners who haven't heard it. So she, they were selling this retractable dog leash. She was out on a walk. Um, the dog like pulled and the dog leash snapped and came back and hit her in the eye. And now she's saying that she has permanent blindness in her eye and she can't work anymore. And I don't know if she, was she an architect? Something like that. I mean, it, that effect, yeah, you know, I think, I think she verified that she's blind to that one eye. I'm not hundred percent sure, but anyways, go ahead. Something in, into that thing. So that's kind of where this lawsuit with Amazon has been being pushed because she's saying this is Amazon's responsibility for, for selling faulty items, uh, allowing faulty items on their platform. Mm. Um, she tried to find the company and of course the company was in China and they couldn't find them and all of this stuff. So she's like, this is, this is, this is not fair because Amazon's allowing the sellers to sell items on their platform and Amazon's not vetting them. They're not checking their items. They're not checking to make sure that they're not faulty. Um, Amazon's really just saying, 
this is on you. This this is your third party seller. And the courts are coming back saying, no, it's it's not. This is your platform. These are your sellers. You're going to be responsible for it. So that's why we think this, you know, policing of these policies is going to come into effect because Amazon is getting pushed and pushed and per- pushed by this, this court system. And it seems that Amazon wants the third party seller to take responsibility. Right? Absolutely. From, from everything. I mean, I mean, yeah, I've always said Amazon is not in the favor of third party. So they like the money, they like the income, but when it comes to suspensions and and protecting sellers, I know Amazon in this one, this is why I think it's getting decided this month. Uh, they, they appealed it and they want, mm-hmm. they want the blame to be away from Amazon and strictly to the third party seller. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine they would ever want to take one for the team, right? Like they're worried <laughs> no. about their bottom line. <laughs> Yeah, but what I'm thinking about is one for the team. Well, yeah, but you imagine the kinds of attorneys that Amazon must have. You know what I mean? So you obviously need to be. I don't know. I just I've always said that Amazon is not in your court if anything ever goes down. So and you got to think too. Like, there's no way for Amazon to police every item that you guys put on the system. So I I kind of get their mindset Mm -hmm. behind making you guys responsible. I do believe that you guys as third-party sellers do need to do your due diligence of making sure that what you're selling is quality. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. The items and not just stuff bought from China. Mm. But I do think Amazon needs to do a better job by not allowing these unvetted sellers from China onto the platform. I think they're just so money hungry Mm. to get these third party sellers on here that they're just letting anyone sell anything. Mm. So I think it's kind of, it needs to be a balance. You need to make sure that you're selling good stuff and Amazon needs to make sure that they're allowing good people on the platform and kicking the bad characters off. Okay. No, I, and, and that's been, and the funny thing is you mentioned they're allowing it, but, Actually, Amazon's tightened things up, but, you know, people always find loopholes to to work around, especially these companies. They, you know, they're pretty savvy. So my question now is uh, we had mentioned in a previous episode, like one of the hot items that sold was like TikTok candies, like these special candies that were being sold. So food and groceries always been one I've steered away from. I always think about like if somebody choked on a combo or like on a bag of chips. <laughs> No, I just my mind goes there. Got food poisoning. Yeah, or or something to that effect. Now, have you had any scenarios like that? Or I mean, it, that's that that I could see that happening more than the dog leash scenario because that seems like just a random occurrence. But with food, stuff happens all the time because we always what eat. We see is like allergic reactions. Okay. Mostly is the the claims that we we see on the food. Um, the other one is really beauty, like going on the body. We see so many skin reactions. Um, like face creams where people end up getting um, like face marks and beauty marks and things like that. Um, we even had one that we didn't have it. I'm sorry. It was in the news where it was like one of these cups, but it was um, a metal straw mm. and the lady tripped in the oh. her eye. The straw put a rating on this <laughs> podcast right now. Like that is just <laughs> terrible. So it's like, you know, all of these little things, like who would have thought a cup mm-hmm. could kill somebody? Mm. Um, so we're just seeing a, a variety of things, but the, the most that we're seeing with like the big, big payouts um, are what's going on on the body. Mm. And we're even seeing in like clothing, we're seeing a lot of claims for like skin irritation from clothing that's being imported from China and the chemicals that are in the clothing. Mm. So again, it, most people are like, well, it's just a t-shirt. Well, yeah, it's just a t-shirt, but where did that t-shirt come from? What's on that t-shirt? What are the chemicals in the t-shirt? Um, so you got to think too, like where's these products coming from and what is the potential harm of them? Yeah. It almost makes you want to put, I mean, most of the selling that I do is on, on eBay and it's, you know, used stuff that I've gotten at garage sales or thrift stores. It almost makes me want to put like a disclaimer on the bottom of everything. Like this item is, is not, you know, safe. Like well, this this well, is actually, for this is for decoration only. Don't touch it. <laughs> well, actually, in California, on our eBay listings, there's a prop. I think it's 54. One of the California mm-hmm. props where we, if there's any kind of letter or anything, we're supposed to like say, "Hey, mm-hmm. warning" or something to that effect. So here's the deal: a warning is great. It yeah. might defer one out of ten people, but the other nine people know that a warning isn't 
worth anything. And the mm-hmm. attorneys are going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, those like the trampolines in our kids' backyards, there's warnings all over them may cause injury, may break your arm. But when kids break their arm, they still sue the manufacturer. Right. So the warning labels don't do everything. Right. You still are going to have to defend yourself because yeah. they still can sue you even with a warning label. Yeah. You might get the win in court, but like we going back to the beginning, right. you still have to defend yourself through the whole process, exactly. which, yeah. Now you're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball here because we've been talking about, you know, I think it's, you know, risk is obvious when you're doing like topical and you're doing, you know, food and, 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 you know, knives and blades. But I, this is something I had thought about. And, you know, I know this is a tough one. And we had talked about before the podcast about the idea of, you know, lately eBay has had lots of glitches and there were certain days that we weren't getting paid, like buyers couldn't pay for items. And, you know, if you're full time, that's a loss of income. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, brick and mortar, if there's ever, a natural disaster or there's a power outage or, or something happens, there's kinds of insurances to protect those businesses. But, you know, eBay, like, a, you know, the eBay site isn't going to burn down like a store would burn down, but there could be a massive glitch that hinders you from making money for a week or two weeks. Who knows? I mean, we haven't had that scenario yet, but you know, I don't know with cyber, you know, attacks, it's possible. Right. So is there anything out there or, or things in the works yeah. So good question. So unfortunately, there's not we're not going to be able to replace your business income if Amazon or eBay goes down. It's just the cost of doing business, the cost of being an online retailer. It's just like, you you know, Walmart gets burnt to the ground. You can't sue Walmart because you can't get your eggs and milk. Um, but if you were to there is some coverage if you like have a storage unit. So if your storage unit and you have products in your storage unit and your storage unit gets burnt to the ground, we could replace those items. We also could replace loss of income from selling those items. So kind of a not exactly what you're looking for yet. Um, but we can replace some income, but not just because Amazon or eBay goes down. Mm. Um, and let's just get the dog out of the bag, this whole suspension thing. So that's kind of where I started um, about three years ago. My client said, hey, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is check my phone to make sure that I'm not suspended. And what a life. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Now I check my phone every morning to see what's new with Amazon. <laughs> when you guys check your phone every day to see if you can run your business. Yeah. And, you know, I thought that that was absolutely ridiculous. I didn't think that's any way to, to run a business. Um so we are we are working with another carrier to try to get you guys a product that will help in that scenario. If if you were to be suspended or something were to happen and you weren't able to sell, that we would be able to replace that income, a small amount of that income um, moving forward. But that insurance doesn't exist right now. So it's like building it from scratch. So just bear with us. It will happen again. It's just going <laughs> to take a little bit more time because we want to do it right this time and make sure that the carriers know how to pay out um, when you do have that loss. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, we mentioned all these different scenarios, but I could say in reality, I've never encountered any of those scenarios, not saying that they don't happen, but when it comes to suspension, I could list five people right now that have been suspended, right? right. I had no idea, right? Okay. Or, or on eBay, you know, they get a Vero listed, like they, you know, they sold Nike to the wrong country and boom, like eBay suspends their account for seven days and they're out that income. So that's great that you're working on that because that is a real, <laughs> that's real. Like I know people that that's actually happened to. So, okay. Well, thank you for handling that one. Money to hire a suspension specialist to get your account unsuspended. That is yeah. true. And it goes into the thousands. It's not mm-hmm. like several hundred. It, it could be in the, I know some people that had to pay several thousand to get their stuff reinstated. So wow. yep. I didn't even realize. I mean, I knew people got suspended, but I didn't realize that they were like specialists who. Oh yeah, there's a whole them. other business. Wow. Oh, there's tons of them. Wow. <laughs> They're on Instagram. They're there to help you. Trust me. Charge thousands of dollars to contact Amazon on your behalf. Mm. Yeah, and it's and they're good at it though. I mean, the, their yeah. their close ratios on getting your account unsuspended is absolutely just mind blowing. Like um, CJ Rosenbaum, the Amazon seller's attorney, him and I are fairly close, and. He, he calls me all the time because I'm sending clients his way that their accounts are suspended. And they need to be unsuspended before they can get insurance. And he tells me all of these stories about how Amazon holds their funds. And they can, you know, there's clients that have like $50,000 sitting there that wow. Amazon's just holding until 
till Amazon decides that they want to give it back. And they've tried and tried and tried to get unsuspended and they weren't successful on their own. So CJ steps in and works his magic and gets them unsuspended. So, I mean, it's, it's a whole business model, yeah. <laughs> like it, a whole thing going on. And I don't, I mean, I don't know enough about the insurance, uh, the way like the, the hierarchy of it works and, and the business model of it, but it almost seems like those agents could run their own insurance. Like you pay like a, like a service fee. And if you never end up using us, you don't use us. And if, if you need us, we're here on retainer for you to get your, your account unsuspended, you know, but yeah, you know, so Hey, maybe we push that. Like you guys, you can insure us. <laughs> Purest of podcast and actually had insurance. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's how it works. I'm probably foolish, but you know, who knows? <laughs> All right. So, hey, you brought up an interesting thing, though, I've thought about. So, you know, a lot of sellers have rental insurance for like, either like they rent. So, you know, in San Diego, it's pretty expensive. So I rent too, and I have rental insurance. And sometimes the rental insurance covers storage units or it can like cover stuff in your car, I believe. Uh, but you're saying there, there's, it's a little different when it comes to e-commerce. Yeah. So with your e-commerce policy, we can add what's called an endorsement. And that endorsement would cover your business personal property wherever it is. So if you're at home, if you're um, if you rent someplace, if you have a storage unit someplace, if you have a 3PL someplace, we can add those endorsements to your policy to cover those additional locations. Um, a lot of my clients come to me and say, well, I have homeowner's insurance. So my my homeowner's insurance will cover the, you know, 10,000 toothbrushes in my basement. And your homeowner's insurance is not going to cover your 10,000 toothbrushes unless you can explain to them that you get a new toothbrush every single day and that all 10,000 of them are yours and it's not for a business. They're going to know it's for a business and they're not going to cover it. So always remember your, your personal stuff is not going to cover your business. Your personal auto isn't going to cover you outsourcing. If you're outsourcing and you cause an accident, your personal insurance could say, no, this was on business time. We're not going to cover it. And they could deny your claim on that. So you got to remember, business is business, personal is personal. Your business is not going to cover your personal, and your personal is not going to cover your business. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure your business assets are protected. Yeah, and I think that's that's important for our listeners to know because even for me, there's times when you know you have a certain type of insurance, like you have car insurance. But from what I've heard, some people's experiences, something happens to their car, but if it happens at their house while it's parked at night, then it's home and homeowner's insurance to cover. It's not the the car insurance. So there's so many things that you got to realize that you might think you're covered in something, but you might not be. And that would be the worst to feel like safe, I'm covered. And then God forbid something happens and you're not. And so this is one of those areas where you need to have the knowledge just so you know whether or not you're covered, right? So I think it's good that you've mentioned, hey, your stuff, it's in your house, but if it's for business, it's not covered by your fire insurance if your house burns down. And for your listeners, no obligation. If you have a policy and you just say, hey, Ashlyn, I need to know if this is going to cover me for my e-commerce business or what this is actually covering me, I have no problems looking at a policy and saying, yep, this looks great or no, this is what you need. Go back to your carrier and ask for it. I, I want to make sure you guys are protected the right way. So any of the sellers who want to reach out to me, please feel free to reach out to me and just say, hey, I heard you on the podcast. Can you take a look at my policy? And I promise you, no pressure. Uh, I'll tell you what, what's good and what's bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. And now I had, I have a, we have a few more questions. Uh, so I don't know, you know, I sent you these questions ahead of time. So I'm, I'm interested in this whole idea of, you know, what to do if we get a cease and desist or infringement letter or so on. And, and it's very real because if you sell on Amazon, this is kind of like a once a week thing. Like you'll get, you know, you're selling something and you get this random letter and it, it, they always try to sound really scary. It's pretty much like <laughs> send us your invoices. We want to know you have 24 hours. I think right. one that I got at one time was like, we want to resolve this amicably. And it was like, oh, sorry, I pronounced that kind of interesting, but I want to say, I want to make sure I said it right amicably. But it was kind of, you know, oh, so if we don't do this amicably, what's the alternative? You know, it's kind of like right. they're putting teeth in it. And, you know, I know a lot of our sellers, it's, you know, I know one guy that kind of was like, oh, I got 14 of them. I just stack them. <laughs> and I know, but, but there's others that are kind of like, oh no, like, you know, are they going to come after me? Are they going to sue me? And so what is, is there something for that? What does that look like? Yeah. Good question. So a cease and desist letter is just a letter from me to you. It's, there's no bones behind it. There's no 
policy premium or there's no no coverage to pay out. It's just a letter. Now, if you weren't, if you were to not do anything and they decide to sue you, that's where that policy picks up. Okay. So once the lawsuit is filed, that's when we're going to defend you. Um, just a letter between you and me, the insurance companies don't care. You know, you can pull in a CJ Rosenbaum to try to help you with that. That's just not anything that the insurance is going to get involved in unless they decide to sue you. Okay. Now, have then you, they sue you, we got you back. Right, now, have you had instances <laughs> of that in your own practice? Yes. So we've had one um, that was more of like an IP issue. Um, Can you explain what that is just for our yeah. listeners that might not so know? The client, our client had a patent on his private label product. He was listed on Amazon. Somebody back, came back and reached out to him and said, hey, you're infringing on my intellectual property. My client said, no, I have a patent. The other guy said, well, I have a patent too. I'm going to sue you back and forth. And they, the guy ended up suing our client. Um, so it ended up being like defamation of character and all of this oh, stuff. Wow. Because the other guy, um, you know, threw, threw my client under the bus and said, hey, this is this is mine. And my client had the patent for for the item so those are the types of things that you see with like some intellectual property and and patent information and copyright information and that kind of stuff okay yeah. I, so i mean that i that's kind of comforting in the sense that <laughs> well no because you get these cease and desist letters and you don't know what to do with it like you you know that's i would say that's from the Amazon listeners that we get, we get DMs and like, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? And, you know, I share and we share, you know, different things here and there. But ultimately, the concern is, you know, if you get sued, like, for instance, we we know other resellers that have had big name brands come after them that you never would think it happened. Actually, I think there's somebody getting sued of Patagonia for mm -hmm. selling Patagonia on Amazon, even though it was all legitimate. Patagonia just does not want that to happen. Now, I'm not advocating don't do anything with the letters. Yeah, yeah, I get that. If you don't want it to go to a lawsuit, um, you know, do what you guys suggest with the letters. But if if you were to get listed in that lawsuit, that's that's what your insurance is for. Okay. That's no, that's comforting. Because that could, I mean, that could, we're already talking about several thousand dollars if it ever gets to that case, right? Is right. that what we're saying? Yep. Okay. All right. So I got a question for you. And this one, okay. this one maybe is a little bit off track here, but so you've been, you've been dealing with resellers and e-commerce for a while now. Mm -hmm. Have, have you been inspired at all by any of the people <laughs> selling stuff on, on eBay, Amazon to give it a shot? And if so, have you, have you sold anything? Okay. So when I first started and my first couple of clients were like, I'm doing 6 million on Amazon. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> like I could totally do this. I love to shop. I love to clearance shop. But once I finally like realized what you truly were doing, you guys are crazy. And <laughs> I don't have time for this. <laughs> um, but no, my, my, big my big reason for not doing it is uh, some of these things I have to know where you're sourcing from mm -hmm. and who your manufacturers are. And I just didn't want any conflicts of interest. Um, I want you to know that I know what you know, but not do what you do. And that everything that you tell me is confidential. Um, I don't sell and I don't let any of my team members, team members sell. So everything that um, you share with us, you know, isn't going to get out there. Wow. I mean, that's really impressive. So, so I, I like the fact that one, you recognize like, wow, this is, this is some crazy hustle that, that some of those it people are out there doing. But then two, <laughs> I mean, I think that that says a lot because you're right. You probably do have the inside scoop on a lot of things, whether it's, whether it's, um, you know, private label or whether it's certain niches people are selling in. Uh, but to say, you know, we've got integrity. We're not going to use this stuff. I mean, that says a lot about your company. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. So is there a not that I haven't thought about it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, but you've you've seen the amount of work it takes, and you're like, yeah, I think I'm gonna stick to insurance. Uh, so, yeah, you guys are crazy, certifiably crazy. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. So. Agreed. <laughs> When it comes, when it comes now, you do, you do e-commerce. Is there anything, any angle? I think we've hit on pretty much every angle of insurance or e-commerce. Is there a, a couple we're missing here? Yeah. So, I mean, let's just run through it. So we got your general liability, product liability, workers comp. If you've got employees oh. doing anything for you, you need to make sure you have workers comp. Um, let's clarify that though, real quick. Yeah. Is it 1099 an employee that you could do workers comp for, or is it only a W-2? 
if you have a contract, a written contract with them, then you need a workers comp. If it's just a like verbal, hey, you kind of come and do this for me and here's a couple bucks under the table, you don't need workers comp. But if there's physically something in writing, you have a contract, they can be a W or they can be a work put on your workers comp. Okay. Mm. So what if you, I'm just asking, what if you PayPal them or Venmo them? Like there's no contract. You it's just all about, It's all about a physical contract. If there's not a physical contract in place, then you don't have to worry about it. Ah, okay. Which may be why um, in the reselling community, and it bugs me, but they oh, all yeah. do it. Maybe we'll get the answer here. They, they all call their, their assistants, their, their employees, the people who help them, their helpers. Right. I, I've hired a helper and I'm like a helper like Santa's helper. Like why do, who calls them helpers? But they all, everybody calls yeah, them helpers. So I have helpers. I, I don't have employees. I have helpers. Nope, helpers. You don't have employees. They, they're just coming by to help. And I might give them a couple bucks. <laughs> there we go. Okay. See, you got your answer. All right, I, I get it. I get it. it okay, okay. I still don't like the term, but it's fine. On workers comp real quick, just because you've got those shelves behind you. Mm. Those shelves. Yep. So I had a client who's <laughs> helper. No, there his employee stood up from the desk and there was a wall sconce behind her and oh. she hit her head on the wall sconce and caused permanent brain damage. Oh my goodness. Do oh you know no. how much she's that well I can tell you how much she's asking for. But she's 18. She has 50 some years left of work that she now says that she can't do anymore because she's permanent brain damage. Oh. So you can imagine an 18-year-old who can't work for the rest of her life what she's asking for. Wow. Mm. Now, with insurance like that, because one of the things, I mean, we all hear stories and you get the people who are very clearly trying to abuse the system. They're trying to sue. They're trying to make money for something they shouldn't. And then there's people who genuinely, you know, your hearts go out for people who've gone through tragedy um, and you want them to be taken care of. Now, will insurance in a case like that, like, let's say something bad happened to them and you want to make sure, like, you hope that, you know, you, you're not personally liable, but that your insurance is going to pay out if you lose and that person will be taken care of in a situation like that. Is that kind of how that works? If you're not liable for it, your insurance company is not going to pay out. So insurance companies don't like to pay out. So if there's a way for them not to pay, then they're going to, they're going to figure it out. Um, but if, if you are liable, then absolutely. That's what the insurance is there for. So in the, this case of the sconce, um, it was his building mm. and he should have, for lack of better knowledge, known better than to have a wall sconce at the level of a human being. The sconces should have been higher. Mm. So his insurance policy will settle with this woman um, at some amount because it's, it's, it's his responsibility. He should have had those, those moved. Yeah. I mean, just stuff, I mean, no, that's just stuff people don't think about. Yeah. I and mean, there's nobody's trying to be malicious with stuff like that. But then again, there's codes and and it's really impossible right. to keep up with everything. And so, again, it's it's one of those things, probably out of all of the people who go through insurance with you, the number that actually have to use it is probably hopefully low. But yeah. if you're one of those people, it's sure going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've we've gone through six claims and I have over three thousand three thousand e-commerce sellers. Mm. So the percentages are low, but. Also, the claims that we've had to go through are, are relatively high paying yeah. claims. So, you know, their policies, any policy that we've had a claim on, the, the people have not paid more than $1,200 a year for the premium mm. and the, the payouts are over $30,000. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's well worth it if you have to use it, just right. like your auto insurance. If you didn't have auto insurance and you caused a huge claim, you could be paying two fifty three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 for somebody's medical payments. Um, usually it doesn't happen that way, but if it did, mm -hmm. be glad that you have the insurance. Yeah. So I had a question. I know if you, if you have other stuff to share, let us know, but, okay. uh, you know, we have a lot of our listeners. They like putting stuff out on YouTube or, you know, we share stuff on Instagram. We share stuff on our podcast and Mike and I always have our disclaimers that we're not responsible for anything. This just is just like label. Yeah. This is us just, yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love how she just dismissed everything I just said. <laughs> That, that was great. All right. So um, I always wondered, you know, because, you know, sometimes you watch a commercial and they have the small writing on the bottom or they have the quick talking person at the beginning of the mm -hmm. commercial. But, you know, what is there is there scenarios, too, with that when when you deal with resellers that are sharing information about how yeah. to do things online? So we have we have uh, coaches, vloggers um, and gurus is what we call it. There's an insurance for that because you guys as social media influencers absolutely could be sued for something that you say. 
So let's take, um, for example, your CPA that you guys had on. Mm. If you said, hey, this CPA is amazing. She does great work. Um, Go hire this CPA. I go hire the CPA. The CPA doesn't do good work. She steals my information. She goes and takes my information and sells it to somebody else. I could sue you guys because you suggested her. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a coverage for anyone who is doing social media, who's vlogging, who gives um, any type of coaching, all of that stuff. You can, again, this is such a litigious society. You could be sued for anything, but if you're making recommendations to someone else, you, you need to have a policy. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, that could be just me having a discussion with someone during garage sales. Like, oh, yeah, I know this guy does taxes. And then inter- it's well, just the coaches is where we see it a lot. Like everyone's a coach. Mm-hmm. I-, I can't believe how many people in this community sell their time to someone else. Right. So I'm, I'm selling my time to you. And I said, hey, that that mouse, you need to drop drop that mouse because it's not doing anything. And I drop that mouse. And now I start losing a crap ton of money. Mm-hmm. I can do you because you told me to do it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we don't coach anybody. <laughs> oh, you think we don't? <laughs> yeah, we don't. So, but you know, that, it's just, it's just interesting because it is a very litigious society because even mm-hmm. though you're just, I mean, even if you're just documenting, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard of people like saying, oh, they told me to do this. And it's like, no, they're just documenting. So, all right. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. So are there everything? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what, what, is there any others that we've missed? Um, so auto insurance, we kind of skimmed on that. If okay. you're using a personal vehicle for sourcing and um, that kind of stuff, make sure you've got a commercial auto policy. Um, store um, products in transit. You go to one store, you got thirty thousand dollars in property in your car, and you go to another store, and the the stuff that's in your car gets stolen. Um, that's not covered under your personal auto insurance. So make sure you have property and transit coverage. If you're shipping stuff from overseas, there's cargo insurance. Um, another big, big, big one right now. Don't laugh at me. No, I'm just no. It's just like every scenario. Like I'm trying to think. Like if I if I take my boxes. Like if I, you know what I mean. It just, I like I get it. All right. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. And then the other big one right now is that we're seeing is called fraudulent transfer. Um, we're seeing this a lot in wholesalers. So they're getting their um these hackers are hacking into your your system and taking an invoice from one of your wholesalers. And they're changing the invoice, routing an account number. So you think you're you're logging in to pay your wholesaler, and what you're doing is you're sending your inform your money to a fraudulent account. So oh, wow. if your routing number was 0740, they change it to 0471, and you think that you're sending it to pay you for your wholesale product, but you're really transferring it to this fraudulent guy. And that's not covered under normal policy. You have to have this very specific endorsement on your policy um, because you're you're intentionally sending that money. You're just intentionally sending it to the wrong place. So that's another big one that we're seeing. So all of the wholesalers who are sending invoices um, or paying via wire, we're, we're asking about that, that coverage so we can get that added to your policy. Interesting. I also wonder, what about prep centers? Do you, do you have prep centers that approach you guys? Yeah. Yep. Good question. So um, I insure a lot of prep centers and none of them insure the prep center people's product. So if you're sending um, your product to a prep center and that prep center has a fire, typically you're not covered. Hmm. So first and foremost, call your prep center and say, is my products covered at your prep center if there's a fire or a theft? If they say yes, say prove it. Send me a certificate of insurance showing that I have I have coverage there. If they don't, then you can add that to that policy that we're talking about as an endorsement. We just extend, send the business property to that location. So if there were a theft or a fire to that location, then we would pick up the insurance on that product. Hmm. Wow. I just, I'm running all these scenarios through my head, right? Because I never even thought about it. Like, I need this, I need this, I need this. <laughs> true, true, true. And the good thing is it's it's one policy, but right. with multiple endorsements. So it's not like you're going to have to have 15 different policies that questionnaire that I said, that application that I said, is like 15, 20 questions, we ask all of these questions so we we can determine what you are actually doing and provide you a quote that covers this kind of stuff. So as long as you tell us the information, like one of the questions is, do you use a prep center? Mm-hmm. If so, yes. What's the address? 
Okay, if you just went to the state farm on the street and said, hey, I'm selling on Amazon, they're gonna not going to know what a prep center is. They're not going to know that you've got products at a prep center. That's what you've got. You've got to have an agent who knows what you know, knows what you're doing, knows how you're sourcing. Um, for goodness sake, I, I went to China to see how my clients were sourcing wow. just because they, I wanted to know what it was like. Mm. So you, you need an agent that knows what you're doing so they can protect you the right way. Yeah. No, I think that's great. That's my little pitch fest, I guess. Yes. No, no. that's <laughs> awesome. <Sorry. laughs> no, and, and, and it's good. People say, well, I have State Farm on the down the street and I have a I have a policy. Well, that policy is not probably gonna cover you for what you're what you're doing. Yeah. Well, and that's great that you're you're filling this 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 void in, in our niche, right? Of there's somebody now who knows what it is that we do. Because when you think about it, reselling is becoming more popular, but it's still kind of a fringe thing that that you know, is very like retail, but very different, you know? And so, um, and, and to be honest, a lot of us, like you said, are crazy, we're hustling, we're working hard, we're spending hours and hours outsourcing, and, and we don't really have the time to be thinking about all of these other things that, you know, would just consume even more of our time. And so it's nice that there's somebody coming in, filling the void saying, hey, you take that off your plate and make sure you're covered so you can get out there and be crazy and hustle and, and source and, <laughs> and ship. Congratulations to you guys for thinking it's okay to have a crazy insurance lady on your podcast. <laughs> no, we're good. We, we love it. Hey, we just want to help our listeners That's out. Right. So are they, you're filling that void too, because they, they just don't know. Mm. So, well, no, I mean, I, I didn't know. I only reason I knew you is because you ended up on the side hustle networks. Uh, I think they interviewed you. I don't like two years ago. And I remember watching it and go, huh, I didn't think about that. I should probably look into that. Two years later, you still haven't. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Well, I have insurance that covers things in a different route. But the the key thing is, is I always, you know, I, again, I'm a worst case scenario guy. So I've always been going, okay, what if somebody, I mean, hoverboards, hoverboards, like I would, I I never wanted to touch hoverboards. Did you you end up having to deal with the hoverboard scenario at all? Um, No, but we, I've been following the claim it's like they asked amazon for 32 million dollars oh wow yeah i mean it's 32 million dollars because well they have like a three million dollar house and they had to jump from the second story building Mm. or the second story of the house with their kids and their dog and stuff but yeah so it hasn't i don't think it's settled yet but that's what they were asking for yeah so i mean anytime i go sourcing i look at stuff i'm like what could happen with this right here Right, I think heating blankets, that's a no-go. Food's a no-go. Baby's a no-go. Knives are a no-go. I mean, you can go on and on and on. You should have heard... Clients what- who, like, text pictures when they're outsourcing and like, what do you think about this? Really? <laughs> two o'clock in the morning and they're like, what do you think about this one? And I'm like, it's two o'clock. Don't do it. Nobody makes good decisions at two o'clock. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, but Orlando here is so paranoid. One time he he had a electronic. He actually talked about this on the podcast. Like oh, it was like something. I, I want to hear talk your about. thoughts on this one. So he had he had an electronics and it, and and it was smoking. It wasn't working. So instead of just selling it, well, as, okay, let me. Re- anytime I turned it on, smoke came out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So instead of selling it as you know used, broken for parts, do not like do. Right. He decided to open it up, rip out the portion that was smoking and then sell it for parts. So I'm covered, right? Because <laughs> he yeah, ripped it. Sure. Of course. <laughs> with a, just a broken item and selling it. Yeah. So not and- covered, buddy. Not at all. <laughs> okay. well, but is it, no, I gotta, that's an honest question, though. If some if you if you sell something that's broken and the person gets it working and then something happens. Is that a liability? New though, that's the total misrepresentation, and we're not going to cover stupid rep- misrepresentations. Right. Like if you're doing it on purpose, no. But if you sold an item and you didn't know that there was a faulty piece on it, then yeah, that's going to be covered. But okay, well, but like on eBay, you tampered with it. <laughs> well, well, on e- on eBay, we oftentimes will sell things that are four parts only. So it's like this stereo system doesn't work. So I might normally get 200 for it, but because it doesn't work, I'm selling it for 50. People will fix it on their own, their collectors or whatever. Um, so it sold four parts, broken, not new. So that seems maybe a little bit different there. Then yeah, I would I would assume that there'd be coverage for it. Now, the insurance companies don't like that. So if that's all you do, <laughs> probably you would have to go super high risk. Mm. Um, if you do it every once in a while, then we could probably get away with it with a standard line carrier. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't make that your total business model because it's going to cost you a fortune to insure. 
Okay. Yeah. Right. Hey, hey, that's good to know. Asking the tough questions that's on your right. podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Any last minute items that we've missed? Um, I think we've, we've covered a lot. a lot of it. If any, any of the questions, like all of the different types of insurance products is on the website. Um, I'm always on Facebook. Please feel free to add me on Facebook. Um, How do they find you on fa- Facebook? Just by your name? Ashlyn D. Haddon, A-S-H-L-I-N space D as in dog space H-A-D-D-E-N. That's my personal personal business Facebook. Feel free to add me there. Um, Ecom Insure on Facebook. Twitter's Ecom Insurance or Ashlyn Protects My Assets. All of those places, feel free to add me there. Um, any questions, anytime you're outsourcing or you're just thinking, hey, I, I don't know if I, I'm properly covered or if this item, I should sell it, feel free to reach out to me. I'm super honest. I'm super forthcoming. I'm super cool. So don't ever feel <laughs> like you can't reach out to me. Um, I'm on Facebook all the time. So if I'm up, I'll answer. Um, if I'm not, I'll get to you in the morning. In the morning. That's great. I mean, I I usually I was thinking I sign up a policy and I'll never hear from you again. But I we no, could... you're gonna hear from me all the time. I'm a Facebook message you at two o'clock in the morning. Forcing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm involved with my customers, so um, any any time, feel free to ask questions. That's awesome. Appreciate that. Yeah. And absolutely. I appreciate you, Ashlyn, being real with us on the podcast. I know we yeah. threw some curveballs and the questions. <laughs> I mean, even stuff we said before the podcast, we're like, ah, we're not going to talk about it. We still talked about it. So, yeah. so <laughs> I, if, you know, if you know, we know Ashlyn now, Ashlyn does not shy away from the yeah. tough questions. She's real. No, She's real, on. real. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> All right, Ashlyn. Well, thank you so much. Hey, everyone, if you haven't had a chance, make sure to, you know, follow her on Facebook and find her. We'll put links below for uh, her website and the insurance. And yeah, definitely check it out. So, Ashlyn, thanks so much for being on the podcast with us. Thank you so much. Hopefully you guys stayed awake. Oh, no, no. It, yeah. it was awesome. So, hey, with that being said, hey, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Peace.